there in town there in Gandhi and uh, we'd pick hymns in the evening and that's usually what I picked. <laughs> um, you know, we have a wonderful future in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a lot to look forward to and sometimes it's hard to look to past the, the temporary but we have a lot to look forward to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for your wonderful promises, uh, the wonderful truth of eternal life uh, with you, Lord Jesus, and with those who have trusted in you, who have gone on before us, those here with us presently. Lord, we look forward to that day. Help us to remain faithful. Help us uh, to take the lessons that we're learning um, from your word, learning from um, history, from past people who, who either uh, failed at following you or sought to follow you and, and had their ups and downs, Lord. Um, with what we look at today, Lord, I ask that you would help us to apply it to our lives. Um, help us to be encouraged, Lord. I pray that you encourage your people, strengthen them, and help them to have clarity of vision as to what you are calling them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this past winter, our, uh, our dog passed away, uh, and it was hard on me. I'd like to, so I'm, I'm being very vulnerable here to, before you all. I'm, I'm pretty tough. I grew up with animals, you know, having to deal with them, living and dying. So, you know, that's okay. It's just another dog, but it really was difficult on me. And uh, uh, my girls were a lot... Uh, quicker to be ready to have a new dog but I I wasn't ready it's like losing you know someone very dear to me and I'm like I can't replace her yet right I can't replace her you know finally it came about I don't know if they wore me down but uh decide it's time let's get ourselves a puppy and some of you have been blessed and some of you are pressured (laughs) to do likewise right but some of you have been been able to see our puppy, uh, yeah, you're like, why are we talking about your dog? Um, but moving forward, finally I moved forward, right, on something that doesn't seem that big a deal, but we're all in this life where we have to continually move forward, and sometimes we're eager and ready to do that, right, with the wedding coming up, as long as everything works together fine, right? If everything goes well, I'm ready, right? Uh, maybe, as she said, more ready for the wedding, or the marriage, not necessarily the wedding, but that's a good time too, as long as everything goes well, right? So there's things that we're excited for, you know, at one time we were excited for the Husker season to start, and now we're, I don't know where we are, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe not, let's see. But some things we're excited about, and other things, man, I just got to get through this. And, and there's those moments in the thick of it that we're just like, I don't care. You know, last week we talked about what took place in Elijah's life and where he ended up. And I want to go back and revisit that here this morning. 1 Kings 19, and we're going to start at verse 15 today, okay? You know, uh, moving forward, sometimes you feel like you're going forward, right? And then you have some back steps. So you got this puppy, and it got sick. Praise the Lord for our good vet, Merle. 
Uh, she's doing pretty good now, but it's like, okay, I thought I was moving forward, and now I'm back where I was. And I, I look at Elijah's life when, when he had this glorious victory finally, but then there's this back step, right? And he ends up running away, ending up at Mount Horeb, ending up there where God's saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? And God gives him this fresh, fresh calling, this fresh vision to move forward. Look at 1 Kings nineteen fifteen. Starting at verse 15, and we're going to go to verse 21. The Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael king of Aram, and Jehu the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Ebel-Mehelah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall come about the, the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael... Jehu shall put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees of that, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he, that's Elijah, departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him, and he went. He with the twelfth. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother. Then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So he returned from following him and took the pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. You know, what we have here, I believe, is the called must arise, that is, they must move forward. The called must arise to follow and serve, and let's say Jesus, because we know He is the Lord. He is our Savior. And so like Elisha, who followed the Lord God, we need to follow the Lord God. And I think our primary verse for today is is verse 21. Here in verse 21, we find three fascinating action verbs in the past tense because this is what Elisha did. After the Feast of No Return, we could call that, right? Feast of No Return. Elisha stood up. He arose, then he, moved, then he followed, and finally he ministered. And let's focus on the, the second two today. The first action verb you need to think up Uh, think upon is followed. Elisha answered the call to follow. And so he followed. He answered the call to follow. And the question, if we slow down just a little bit, the question that we can ask is what had to happen before he answered the call to follow? What had to happen? Well, there was a recognition of the call's importance. 
nowadays we have our phones and, and they oftentimes says suspected spam, right? When you get a phone call, have you seen those? And I, I'm not going to answer that. Or maybe you have it, you know, an organization you support, but I'm too busy. I'm not going to answer it. So we don't have to answer the call. It's not important. It's not important to us. It's, it's just going to waste our time. Your mom is not on that list. Okay, kids? Your mom is not on that list. Okay? She's important. So if she calls, you need to recognize the, the importance of that calling. Now here we see that, that Elisha recognized the importance of the call he, he first realized who Elijah was, right? He knew who Elijah was. Elijah was a man of God. Elijah was a prophet of God. And remember, he's not someone that would, would be hard. Okay, Elijah, well, I've never seen that guy before. I think most of, of Israel, if not all of Israel, knew what Elijah looked like after the big confrontation on Mount Carmel. Don't you? Remember all the Israelites there? They had 450 Baal false prophets there. I think, I think the whole nation, if they could, turned out for this. They've had a drought for three and a half years. What else are they going to do other than looking for green grass and water? Right? So, I, you know, and and some commentators speculate, I bet Elisha was there in the midst of that when it all took place and the fire came from heaven and the, the, the children of Israel said, the Lord, he is God. That is Jehovah, he is God. He's the only God. The Lord, he is God. And they, they knelt and they worshiped the Lord when it all took place. I believe that it was very possible that Elisha was there. And so he knew who Elijah was, right? And so the other thing is, what does this tunic meant? By him placing this tunic or this mantle over Elisha as he's working? Well, he understood what it meant because you see him following after Elijah and say, hey, give me a moment. I want to go back and do this thing. You know, when we look at this passage, and oftentimes I've overlooked this, but there were 12 pairs of oxen, and he was the 12th. That means there was other guys with the other pairs of oxen plowing ahead of, it, of him. And so it really makes you think, he, he and his family, they were wealthy. I don't know how many pairs of oxen it takes at that time to equal a, a combine or a nice tractor. But he had 12 pairs out there. I don't think oxen were cheap. But they were wealthy. And he was busy because what happened at Mount Carmel? There was also rain. The first time in three and a half years, and this is not much past that time. It's not that long after it took place. They're excited. They're plowing the field. They were busy. They were hard at work. And then we have Elisha. He's at the back. Um, I think he's probably sucking the dust from the other 11. He's a hard worker. He's a humble worker. He's out there working. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And then here comes Elijah. 
And Elijah puts his mantle over him. He knows he is to leave his life for a different life. He was to leave his life for a better life because the only life to live, kids, is a life where you're following after the Lord Jesus Christ. And he might want you to be that 12th plowman, be a farmer, a rancher, a school teacher, a bus driver, uh, an accountant. There's, there's a lot of people here doing a lot of different things. A trucker. That might be what he calls you to do. And if that's what he's calling you to do, that's what you should do because the best place for you is to be following after the Lord Jesus. I think it's also important for us um, to see that he knew the gravity of the calling. That he would have to not only leave the work he was doing, but his family. He, he would have to face dangers like Elijah already had to, had to face. I mean, Elijah, this is not long after Jezebel has said, hey, you're a dead man by this time tomorrow. Do you remember? He is a wanted man, and surely Elisha knew that. He knew Elijah was no chicken in what he had faced already and that he would have to face the same dangers. So he knew the gravity of this calling, but he was committed to answer the call in verse 20 and 21. Uh, This question in 20 and 21, really in verse 20, and response in verse 20 uh, is, is not what I believe at all like what Jesus was addressing in Luke 9, 61 through 63 and Matthew 8, 21, 22. Jesus saw their heart in those situations and knew that they were not fully committed. Here, we see that he is fully committed by his actions. What he does next, Elisha's heart was set on obedience and I don't believe Elijah is saying, um, you're wrong in, in what you think I'm asking you to do. Look at verse 20. Right? He's saying, please let me, me kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for, for what have I done to you? It looks a little weird to us in the English. Um, but I think he's just challenging him, hey, do you really know what I've called you to? Do you understand the full gravity of the decision that you're making? I'm calling you to total and utter commitment. But I I think he knew what it was. He had this huge decision to follow. And so he made this major commitment to the Lord. And because of what he does next, he sacrifices the oxen on the wood from the plow that he was using and gives everyone a farewell feast, right? He is not coming back. And then what does it say in verse 21 at the end, that last sentence? Then he arose and followed Elijah. He arose to follow. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, being indwelt with the Holy Spirit... We are called to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called to do it daily. 
Do you, like Elisha, recognize the call and the importance of the call? Are you willing to follow? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that we're not saved by works, right? But we're saved by grace through faith. But then it goes into verse 10. Remember, we're not saved by good works. We're saved to do good works. That is, we're saved to follow the risen Savior. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God is calling us from death to life, and that life means following the Lord Jesus Christ daily. Do you, like Elisha, understand what this call means? Do you understand the gravity of the call? And the biggest question is, are you committed? Are you still committed? Even after maybe failing or maybe there's some health issues that are slowing you up. Or maybe it's another year and you're facing a big task of things that, that have been disappointing in the past, maybe. Maybe you're excited, but are you committed to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you burned up your old life embracing the new? The called must arise to follow and serve Jesus. And therefore, the second action verb is ministered or assisted or served. So not only did he follow Elijah, but he answered the call to serve. And so there was, was um, this calling where he followed, and then he also ministered to Elijah. And I want you to see in this passage that the, how that equals into the Christian life. We, when we are giving, given gifts, right, it talks about the gifts that were given by the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and those are not for us, right? Those are so that we can serve others. Elisha was going to serve others. He was going to serve Elijah. And the question is, are we willing to serve the Lord by serving others? Even when they are difficult, are we there willing to encourage them? Remember Elijah need encouraged? <laughs> We're called to strengthen others and generally just help others. Other believers specifically as well as those in this world who need Jesus. Do not neglect the passages of Scripture that talk about how we are specifically called to love the brethren. And to be there to encourage and strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we must use our gifts to build up the church. Romans 12, 6-8 says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he exhorts in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. 
He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All of these gifts are really gifts of ministry. Service. Serving others. We also look at verse 21 here in 1 King, 1 Kings chapter 21, or 19, verse 21. Then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. We see that ministering as he goes on from that point on to be where he is alongside, he is following alongside Elijah, assisting in the ministry. Serving by helping with menial tasks. Some of the insignificant tasks that we uh, see around in the church. Maybe what God is calling you to do. Maybe to pick up that little bug that's on the floor that crawled in after the church was cleaned, right? Something we don't think significant. Um... But serving, doing those things that others may not even think about. Serving by walking side by side with Elijah. And simply, what does serving mean? Serving by doing. We also find here, and it's important as we look at Scripture, what does discipleship mean? And so Elijah was to train Elisha. And so one of the aspects there is that Elisha would replace Elijah eventually in the ministry. There was to be growth for Elisha to fulfill his future ministry. Elijah was to prepare Elisha to take over. And that's really difficult, isn't it? Yesterday at the men's retreat, he spoke about this uh, quite a bit. He mentioned one illustration over when he was in Israel and Jerusalem and, and some of the uh, Orthodox Jews, you would see them with their, their full garb walking along. You'd have the oldest one there. And then about so many feet behind him, you would have a younger man following, walking the exact same way. And then you'd have a teenager maybe. And then he had seen a kid. And they were just step by step, so many feet behind, just mimicking what the lead uh, Orthodox Jew was doing, even as he was walking down the street. And are we living a life where others can mimic us? And are, are we inviting them into our lives where they can mimic us? I do believe that uh, location... <laughs> Where we are makes things difficult. If we were in a tight-knit little city-state, right, where we're all living next door to each other, it would be so much easier to be engaged in each other's lives, wouldn't it? And we're spread out, aren't we? West of Arnold, east of here over towards Callaway, south towards Gothenburg, east and northeast of Arnold. And it's hard to be in each other's lives. But the people that we do come into contact with, are we willing to let them see how Jesus is leading us? Are we magnetic? Are we magnetizing them towards Christ and towards ourselves? 
You know, ideally, you know, when we look back in history, in the trades, they would have a young apprentice come in and live with them and do everything they would do. I remember reading a story uh, about the Revolutionary War. Uh, one guy who became an apprentice of a silversmith and he melted his hand. He, he ruined his hand and he couldn't fight. And the war came along and he couldn't really fight, but he did other things. But in that book, it talked about what he was learning to do. And we really don't do that anymore very much it's hard to train people right with farmers talking about how to train up uh, a next generation so you can trust them in a very very expensive piece of equipment correct and so you about have to have them there daily with you that's the idea of discipleship but we don't really have that opportunity very often so how do we fulfill it well we got to take every opportunity we have to pull them along towards Jesus and let them see how Christ is, is in our life and first in our life and how he is leading us in our life and how we are witnessing and trying to reach others as well. But the question here for you today, when we look at Elisha and how he moved forward, and he was going to move forward proclaiming the word of the Lord so that people would turn to the Lord, He was willing to leave everything and follow the Lord by following Elijah. And the question is, will you be like Elisha? So this puppy we got, she doesn't know much at all except for she likes to chew on things, right? That's what puppies do. You got to be careful. You got to train them. They're so cute, but... I'm not going to help your cause. I know you really want one, unless you already have one. Do you have one yet, Sophia? Okay. I'm not going to help your cause here. You've got to keep an eye on them because they'll chew a cord up fast. Right? They're so cute. We named her Mabel. And in the morning, when she is, is just fresh out of her little uh, pen, she's Mabel the monster. Okay? But she's learning. I believe she's learning what no is, and she's learning her name. And so when I call her name, our hope is that she will come running. And God knows us by name. And when he calls us, are we running to him with our tails wagging? Happy to do whatever he wants us to do, even if it's to go into a little pen, right? Are we willing to follow Jesus every day, no matter what he calls us to do. John 10:3 To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Are you following Jesus as he calls your name? The called must move forward that is arise to follow and serve Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful blessings. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the perfect example for us as we read in Philippians chapter 2. That you were willing to deny yourself and all the rights that you had so that you could suffer and die and pay for the penalty for our sins. Lord, thank you. Help us not to forget 
your model of leadership. And Lord, help us to, to realize what we've gained. Even if we follow you into a horrifying and saddening situation, as we do your will, proclaiming your love, help us to know how blessed we are even if we're called into that. Help us to remember the promises you've given us. And thank you, Lord, for your great grace. Help us to to see clearly what it is you're leading us to do, prompting us to do. And Lord, give us the strength and the time. Help us to be able to carve out the time that we can spend with you each and every day in your word, each and every day as we we need to be in prayer about everything that's going on and for each other. Help us to know what it is uh, that we need to face and do each day. I ask that you'd bless each one here, strengthen them, give them clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. But our youngsters come forward.